another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. On fourth down, throws incomplete, and a flag down. It came in late. He was throwing in the area of Gabriel Davis. Pass interference, defense number 31. They heat it up. They bring man-to-man. This is the rookie on Darius. Is there enough contact here? They're both making contact. He releases. Wow, that's a huge call on fourth down. That is a tough... the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo, Tyler Croft. The Bills have the lead with 15 seconds left. Again, you said it earlier. This is where Josh Allen has to say, put the ball in my hands. This is where he makes a statement to the rest of the league. Well, that was a statement all right, Nick. The Bills completely blowing a 28-3 lead with 8.05 left in the third quarter. Falcons fans were, were trying to get on Twitter and uh, make fun of the Bills for a little while, but we all know how that worked out for both teams. The Bills come all the way back. Josh Allen made some unbelievable plays in this game. Also got a couple breaks, a couple weird calls go on both sides. You know, what's your leadoff take on that crazy, crazy Bills win to get them to 3-0? I mean, what, what more can you say that, you know, you, you haven't said right there, Ryan? It was uh, it, it was quite the roller coaster. Um, nothing short of that uh, I, I mean you, you mentioned that those calls are, are a little suspect but i don't think anyone in western new york is going to be feeling bad uh, especially since over their team's history they've probably felt um there's no pff or, or whatever that's racking up or, or keeping tab on bad calls that have gone against teams over the years but you'd be hard pressed to find a bills fan that said that they've gotten their their fair shake against the referees over the years <laughs> and, and in that game alone you know with the tyler croft interception there um, yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier in the day so uh, the Bills fans won't apologize for the way that one went down. I'll, I'll certainly tell you that. And they shouldn't. They won that game, and, and I thought they were the better team overall. But, man, that was a wild game. But first of all, I do have to hold you accountable, Nick. I can't let you be more upset with the Josh Allen interception that you know Croft might have caught. Be more upset with that than the defensive pass interference call. You have to be even on both of us. You can't tell me that that was a good throw by Josh Allen on first and 20, just winging it up there for Tyler Croft. Whether, whether he actually caught it or it was an interception, I don't care. I don't care. That was a horrible decision by Josh Allen that I don't think anyone's talking about him just winging it up there on first down. So let's go a little easy on the interception for Josh Allen. We have to even that out. You have to be just as upset about the Allen pick as the defensive pass interference that the Rams had to get called on. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I can't remember the name of the story because you know me, Ryan. I like to throw the shameless plugs out there all the time. You do. You do. Since we're on the Bills Wire podcast. You got to do it. But um, in – yeah, of course. And in, uh, in one, one of our reactionary pieces, I'm scrolling through the website here. Yeah, I, I call it, it's the report card. I call it, it was a duck of a pass because it was a duck. He just tossed it up there. Like, what, what was he doing there? It, it was it a bad really, decision. Really, it was a I bad mean, decision. Yeah, I mean, I had someone respond to me on Twitter. You know, I, maybe I should admit that I usually see as many replies as I, 
I've, I've sort of learned over the years, Ryan, you know, you know, you kind of don't have to respond to every single person. You just let, let some things go. But sure. somebody called me out and said that it wasn't a duck of a pass. I just was like, what are you, no. what are you talking about? That was a terrible pass. That was, that was horrible. Yeah, I couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. I don't know what he's doing in there, but, okay, cool. um, I'm, you know, I'm, glad, the, I'm glad you came clean uh, on that because I was like, all right, I, I get the outrage over the, uh, the interception call. I know that was very, very questionable, very questionable, but the throw by Allen, I almost thought they deserved it. Like that was just a bad decision. Yeah, bad decision. And, and, you know, not every quarterback's perfect. I mean, you, you see Pat Mahomes last night on Monday night football was incredible, but you know, even one of his long bombs was like, you know, kind of off target and his guy ran over and got it, but nobody cares that it was off target because what just, what happened in the end. And, you know, in this case for the bills, they won in the end. So, it's, so we're going right. to, we're just going to worry about that a lot more than uh, Tyler Croft, but uh, I'm, I'm going to hundred percent agree with you there. It was definitely, I think by far his worst pass of the game. Yeah, and for me, it's just like there's gonna be mistakes, and especially with with Josh Allen, as he talked about after the game, he's gonna he's gonna play that backyard ball every now and then when it when he has to. And man, is he fun to watch! But I mean, the situation—it's first and twenty. You're up by eighteen late in the third quarter. Like, there's just no reason to throw that ball. So I hated that throw, and I thought they got what they deserved on the interception. I don't think the Rams deserved the defensive pass interference call either. And I wanted to get your take on that. I just thought Allen kind of got bailed out. If you watch the play, there was a free rusher coming off the edge. Somebody missed a block. They. Screwed up the protection. Allen is backpedaling and he really just flipped that thing up to Davis. He got bailed out and you, when you look at Davis and his reaction, Davis didn't react. He didn't look for a flag. I mean, for me, that was like, ooh, you know, as, as much as I thought the Bills played great and they definitely deserve to win the game, I hated that it ended on that play. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't feel like that call should have been made. I, I, I just I thought the defender let him go. I thought they both initiated the contact and Davis didn't react. Davis wasn't looking for a flag and Allen was off his back foot backpedaling. It just I hated that call. Hated it. But I still thought the Bills deserved to win. I just want to throw that out there for Bills Mafia, Bills Nation. Don't hurt, don't hate me. But I hated the way the game ended. I thought I thought that game deserved a better ending. Uh, no, I mean, it was easily a uh... A tough call there. It was an ugly, uh, ugly call, certainly. And uh, what, what more can you say, really? It, it probably shouldn't have been called. But uh, again, Bills fans will, will, will not apologize for that. Allen was certainly bailed out there. I, I wish I knew who got pressure in his face there or, or what offensive line was that. If you think back to 2018, Ryan, the uh, the Bills had a worst offensive line in the league, maybe. But then in that ensuing offseason, they went and they signed a bunch of new guys. They had four or five new starters. And by comparison, in 2019, last season now, they were way better than 2018, right? So it just, they're an okay unit. And Josh Allen being able to scramble makes them look a lot better. On the ground, um, they really haven't been good run blockers. Uh, I think that's why Quentin Spain was was essentially suspension in the game, um, which is kind of a surprise. Uh, Cody Ford moved over to left guard. Brian Winters at right guard. But, yeah, I mean, they're an average offensive line at best. Allen's mobility bails them out at times in pass protection. And on the ground, they're not great. And, and you saw right there at the, at the clutch moment in the game, Allen just kind of tossed it up and they got bailed out. But, I mean, there's there's times in the past, too, where the Bills have, trust me, the Bills have had a quarterback where they would have just saw that guy in his face and sort of just went down. And I guess kudos to Allen for even just trying to throw it up and make something happen there. No, 100%. And that's football. And, that, and we see that all the time. So, like I said, I thought I thought the Bills earned the win. I thought Josh Allen was nails in this game. People are talking, you know, the MVP talk 
in that chatter continues and I don't know how you can't have him in the conversation early. It's too early for that, obviously, but he's made a great step up in his uh, progression as a quarterback. He's, he's always had ice water in his veins. You've talked about the uh, fourth quarter comebacks, Nick, that he's, that he's been doing for a while now, but he just with Aaron Donald, just literally manhandling everybody on the football field. Allen found a way to, to get that thing done and get the bills of victory. So good stuff. So much more to get to. We'll talk about Allen's day. We'll talk about the defense. Woof, Nick, the defense. Oh God. We're going to have to really do a therapy session on the Bills D because that didn't look good. So uh, we'll do all that here coming up. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week four. At quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Miami Dolphins faces a Seattle Seahawks defense that has allowed nearly a full game's worth of yardage more than the next closest team. Six passing touchdowns have come against this defense, plus two more on the ground. And Fitzpatrick has shown he can still move with his legs. Injuries to two cornerbacks and star safety Jamal Adams has Seattle's defense behind the curve. Devin Singletary should see the majority of carries again this week if Zach Moss isn't capable of playing. No team has given up more PPR points than the Las Vegas Raiders against running backs, fueled by six rushing scores and a receiving touchdown. If John Brown is out of the passing game for Buffalo this week, it's safe to assume we could see more Singletary in the short passing game. Sticking with that same matchup, Hunter Renfro emerged as the top target last week for Derek Carr. It's unclear how much Darren Waller's lack of production was due to the Patriots keying on him or a combination of that with his knee injury. Las Vegas should be without wide receivers Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards in this contest and Buffalo is pretty strong against running backs. There should be a lot more passing in this one than John Gruden may want. And finally, Green Bay Packers tight end Robert Tanyan against the Atlanta Falcons. He has scored in consecutive games and Atlanta has allowed the second most receptions, third most yards, and the eighth easiest touchdown scoring efficiency against tight ends so far in 2020. If Devontae Adams doesn't play again, it means Tanyan is likely to see an increase in looks. With Green Bay having a week five bye, they have no incentive to rush Adams back to the lineup. For more fantasy football tips and advice, go check out thehuddle.com. Late in that game, obviously they were getting a, doing a good job of getting pressure on me and honestly just kind of turned into some, some backyard um, bull. So I just try to find a, find some time to throw. Um, me and Cole talked about this route many a time. Um, and they, they just kind of went outside. Cole found a spot in the middle, uh, made a good catch, knifed up field, got the first down. It was a huge play for us. That's Josh Allen, Nick, talking about that third and 22 pass play to Cole Beasley. That was money. What a great play. What a great throw. I think defenses get themselves in trouble on these third and 20 plus because they play these like soft zones and you can find those creases and if you have the arm strength and Allen put that in there and what a great throw what a great play what a great way to to end that ball game for the Bills on offense and for me I just I kind of like that the Rams came back personally because I learned so much more about Allen in the Bills in that comeback than I would have if they just blew doors on the Rams I actually appreciated the close game and how crazy that was at the end and that they did find a way to win. Oh, yeah. I, I, that certainly helped Josh Allen, without a doubt, in the MVP discussion. Um, we're going to overlook that uh, penalty that we were just talking about. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I mean, that 30-22 was great. Cole Beasley, just the next guy to step up. Uh, Gabe Davis stepped up well, and John Brown went down with a calf injury, something that he kind of was nursing in practice. They didn't shy away from Jalen Ramsey at all, and they got, they got Stephon Diggs got the touchdown on him. Uh, right away that's that's certainly the the defense la- lapsing did not help right exactly and and so let's get into that so they they take a 28 to 3 lead nick with uh what was it like 
Eight minutes left in the third quarter. And then they trailed 32-28 with 4.30 left in the fourth. So they it didn't take long for the Rams to come and wipe that lead out. For me, it's they give up 29 unanswered points, four straight touchdown drives. Daryl Henderson, the running back, looked like you know vintage old school Todd Gurley out there. He was just gaining like six or seven yards a carry, it seemed. You know, the Bills got their, uh, their big linebackers back, Edmonds and Milano, but they really didn't put a great performance out there with a chance to just close out that ball game with a couple stops. Jared Goff. He's not that great a quarterback, but he looked really good on Sunday. So what's your concern level right now with the defense? It's not like they've been great. They didn't look dominant against the Dolphins either last week, did they? So what's your concern level, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, come out there, Ryan, and then ever say I'm some all-22 expert. I leave that to the other keyboard warriors out there. Same. I'm a writer. I, I, I know my I know my place, and I also know what a football field looks like on my TV screen. And it just looks like the Bills are just getting beat up over the middle of the field every single game even when you had i think it's a mixture of just all the guys in the middle there you know two weeks ago no tremaine Edmonds and matt milano they came back last week they didn't seem 100 percent. they certainly didn't play 100 percent. a couple of uh over pursuing uh opportunities milano he did his role kind of shutting down the tight ends uh gerald everett had, an, had a really nice grab on him earlier in, in, in the game and he was all over him it was just a spectacular catch you know sometimes you just have to tip your tip your cap but um he's over the middle of the field uh Taron Johnson, nickel cornerback, is it's certainly regressed, it seems, since he entered the NFL. He had a pretty promising first year, but um, even Tredavious White in the secondary, I mean, he was in coverage around Cooper Cup when he scored. And like I said, Taron Johnson, it's it's just like one step forward, two steps back for the guy so far. I tweeted out a, a really nice tackle for loss he had. Didn't even get the tweet out before he gave up a 17-yard reception for a first down on the very next play. It was just like, come on, man, right over the middle of the field. I don't know what's going on with the Bills' defense, but I would not be surprised to see, you know, we're on Tuesday, so we're still uh, we're recording on Tuesday. Uh, excuse me. So by the time this comes out on Thursday, go to Bills Wire and check out the injury report, guys, because uh, I would expect to see, you know, uh, Milano and Edmonds in some way, shape or form limited this week and kind of rusting some injuries of what's going on there. Because, uh, yeah, it's just they, they didn't seem 100 percent. Maybe they were just kind of maybe they were just kind of rusty. You know, no preseason. They exit their first game early, didn't play last week. I don't know what it was, but over the middle of the field, uh, Long and short of it, Ryan, middle of the field is where teams are going to keep attacking the Bills until they can figure that out. No doubt, and that's the Rams' strength, so maybe we shouldn't be so surprised, but we'd just love to see the defense make a play to close that one. Yeah, yeah. And, to, and to your point, Ryan, you know, the, that is the Rams' strength. They're huge on play action, but we just saw the Dolphins do that a week ago, too. You sure, know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of concerning that the Dolphins and, and really so far any any team that's, uh, well, I guess, competent because we had uh, – Jets in week one. That's a whole other podcast for you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with gangrene. But, uh, you know, any, any confident football team that the Bills have faced, any confident offense that the Bills have faced is just tore him up over the middle of the field. So Yeah, and, and you talked about a tweet. I put a tweet out there that I got to come clean on. While the Bills were just looking amazing and taking that huge lead, I tweeted that. I'm like, okay, I tweeted something like, it's very clear right now that the Bills are the best team in the AFC East. It's their division to lose. And I let that tweet sit there for a couple minutes, and then I'm like, you know what? I think that's still too early to say. And I took the tweet down, and I got some crap for taking that tweet down, to be honest. A couple of people said, hey, what happened to your Bills tweet as the Rams were coming back? And I'm like, hey, hey, you're not allowed to give me crap when the Rams come back. You should have gave me crap earlier. You know what I mean? But so there was some fun going back and forth there. But are the Bills the best team in the AFC East? They sit atop the division, Nick, all by themselves. They're 3-0. and They've been good. They haven't been great, I don't think, through three weeks. Josh Allen's been great. But I think overall, team-wise, there's still some question marks with this squad. Like, what do you think? Are, do you think that they have firmly put them 
themselves at the top of the AFC's pecking order right now? Uh, I mean, I, th- I think that's fair to say, yeah, because uh, as I'm saying here, you know, it's, it's I guess, overreaction Tuesday for us or overreaction Monday coming out. We had a couple tough games. You know, I, I did provide a little slack there for Edmonds and Milano, at least uh, in terms of injury and, you know, no preseason. Maybe they're a little rusty. Something's going on here. This is too confident functioning football programs plus the Jets that they've played and the Bills, our defense department has uh, struggled a little bit over the middle of the field, but we have three seasons, three full seasons prior to bank on that this defense can rebound. And uh, certainly through three games, Josh Allen has looked, you almost do get a little nervous uh, with Josh Allen still. I think it's going to take about a half a season or so to really convince me that he's the answer. And I'm not taking anything away from him. He's playing incredible, but I mean, the Bills in the past have seen guys like Trent Edwards after four games be the league MVP, and the guy, that guy's career just went downhill. And a lot of folks point out to him that, oh, he got injured and went downhill. No, he got injured. He suffered a concussion. The next game he came out, he had another heck of a game. And then he started to play terrible. So something <laughs> just happened. Teams caught up on him. And Josh Allen, it seems to be uh, much different, though. I mean, Trent Edwards was never setting you know NFL milestones at this point, I think. Josh Allen's, the Bills tweeted out, he's the first player with 1,000 yards, 10 passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns through three games ever in in the league uh, and from the first three games. And He's sitting in some incredible company right now, and uh, the way he's doing it is something we've really never seen in Western New York. But uh, still, you know, you still almost get those hesitations uh, with Allen. But this defense really has provided enough proof that, they should be able to sort it out and they should be able to get start getting stuff together. Agreed. I, I should have, if they would just let you edit a tweet, Nick, you know, of course they don't let you do that. I would edit it <laughs> to say the Bills have the best quarterback in the division and we'll see if they have the best team because I think they definitely have the best quarterback right now. But we'll find out coming up. I think the defense has a chance to bounce back this week against a, a Vegas team that might not be able to take advantage of them the way that the Rams did. Nick and I will talk about that one coming up. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet on Week 4's marquee matchup between the New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots are plus seven underdogs, Chiefs minus seven home favorites, over under 53 and a half in this game, minus 110 on either side of that. Patriots plus 240 underdogs, money line. Jeff, how are you feeling about this game? Oh, I'm totally on the Patriots plus seven. How often do you get Bill Belichick in a major game getting seven points? That Chiefs rush defense is really weak, so Cam Newton and company is going to be able to take the air out of the ball, keep Mahomes off the field. Um, And Bill Belichick, you know, has extra time to prep. He got short rest for Kansas City. I'm all on the I'm on the Patriots plus seven. Did you watch Monday Night Football? Did you see those Kansas City Chiefs? No, they're out to prove a point. They're still the best team in football. Take them minus seven at home to New England Patriots. I don't care. The best team in football. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to BetSlipping Podcast. Be sure to rate and review. 
All right, Nick, the Bills go to that beautiful new stadium in Las Vegas where when you get the right view, you can see the strip out of one, you know, if you're looking out of one of the end zones, they show that camera angle. You can see the Vegas strip in the background. It's gorgeous. It's awesome. Uh, Obviously, no fans all season in Vegas, so the Bills will be working in a very quiet, nice, comfy road environment. They are three-point favorites in that one. I think that line's a little low. I would like the Bills to be favored by a little bit more because I think this Raiders team is kind of a fraud right now. I don't think they're that great. They're two and one, but they really struggled to attack other than their tight end, Darren Waller. The Patriots took him away on Sunday, and we saw what happened. So what's your leadoff take on this matchup with the Raiders? I think it's a it's a bounce-back spot for the defense, maybe. Yeah, last week the Bills, they they played their entire game or close to it on defense with five defensive backs, all nickel defense, or four defensive backs, four to five, all nickel defense with just the two starting linebackers out there. And I would expect to see probably maybe some more A.J. Klein. I would expect to see the Bills, you know, uh, stocking the box with defenders because you have Darren Waller, tight end. Even if you put him out wide, he's not going any farther than the slot. Uh, and, and Jacobs in the backfield, uh, he's had some incredible games. But aside from that, um, you know, the, the, the Raiders, as you mentioned, maybe fraud is, is a little bit of a word, a little bit of a contender or pretender out there, excuse me, yeah. it looks like. Just it's not uh, – hasn't been, hasn't been uh, the most convincing of, of starts for them, I, I think. I was going to say it's the occasional deep shot to rugs and then the checkdowns, and that's that's kind of what it is. Like You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it hasn't been anything, you know, uh, very sexy out of their offense. And, uh, and you, you, don't, you don't see anything defensively the, uh, compared to, uh, you know, what Josh Allen has put on tape so far this year that the Bills offense can't handle. Um, I think this actually, um, you know, if John Brown isn't out there, I think Gabe Davis showed enough that he can be a comparable number two because he was more the number two. Colby is kind of gets stuck to his slot duties, which is probably the right call to go with, right? I mean, that's where Cole Beasley has thrived his entire year. Why try to change anything up out there with him? But uh, this Bills uh, team, the defense they're facing isn't threatening, and their their offense just seems – I mean, it's and it's really – you hate to say it. You hate to compliment uh, what happened last week. Um, but look to the film last week. The Patriots has completely shut Waller down, and the game was over. So you hate to give any kudos hey, to, you can, you to can those credit folks Belichick. up in New England. Give Belichick a little love. Uh, well, another yeah, thing they did, Nick, is they took away the, the checkdowns as well. They were doing schematically, they were taking away Waller, but a lot of times they were showing a coverage that looked like double coverage, and then they were really blanketing the flats and taking away the car checkdowns, and that's where he wants to go with the ball. Carr's the guy that's either going to pepper his tight end or he's going to throw it to like 10 different receivers, and they're all going to have like one catch. You know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. not, a, it's not like a scary offense where they have a, an elite target. Uh, again, their top target's the tight end, so take him away. Bills keep doing what they're doing on the offensive side of the football. I, I think I'm going to love this this uh, three-point spread for the Bills. I think that's that's an easy number for them to cover in this one, I think. And again, you're mentioning uh, in Vegas, they're not. it's not going to be a, a raucous crowd or anything like that. that nope, the Bills it's going to be, it's gonna be quiet. It's going to be quiet as a mouse uh, in there. Yeah, it's quiet as uh, you know the strip could be is, that, is how it's going to be uh, for the Bills next week. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think. To your, to your point in the spread there, that's that's not a, not a bad take by you there, Ryan. It's, this game does not seem uh, does not seem that close to me either. But it, it does um, not seem I, that threatening, and it better not be. It better not be, or we'll be we'll be giving the Bills some crap next week. Yeah, that, well, that, that that's why they play the game. At least we'll we'll cover our bases by saying that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, I see another Josh Allen face mask penalty because that was kind of awesome. We don't see that very often, so. Looking forward to the to of, another weekend of football there, Nick. Yeah, I guess when you have uh, you know a, a dynamic guy like Allen has proven to be through his first couple games, he's a beast. Combined with with just the force that Aaron Donald is for you know 
if Alan's a beast, whatever more than a beast is times two, um, you know, uh, on steroids is what uh, Aaron Donald is, right? I mean, the guy's <laughs> ridiculous. And right. those two going up against each other, I mean, that was what, what more could you expect than some insane, you know, strip sack by uh, Aaron Donald and then also Josh Allen somehow gets, you know, the face masking penalty and it's it was uh it's a pretty you know with with two forces like that are going against each other you got to expect something insane like that to happen right yeah i know and i exactly and i know you love the trivia do you know when the last quarterback to get a face mask penalty was oh i, I didn't hear this one no Who yeah is so this was aaron Rodgers in the nfc championship game of 2017 so it doesn't oh, happen okay i thought you were gonna curb bomb me there and maybe say it was allen as a rookie year or something crazy no no, no. it was, was, was Rodgers like but still like, that's four years ago yeah, yeah, it's still four years ago. That's, all right, face masking penalties on the quarterback. All right, well, I got to see what the over-under is on that one. <laughs> so beautiful. Nick, have a great weekend, my man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll do it again next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.